So this morning I'm speaking on seven marriage essentials. Seven marriage essentials. And if you have a device that's connected to the internet, I would encourage you to share the service. You can do that right now. It's not going to take you more than 20 seconds. You can share it on your WhatsApp status. You can share, I think the link should be um, on the church community group, on the Gateway community. So you can just copy the link, put it on your WhatsApp status, right? Um, share it on your timeline on Facebook. Anywhere you can share it. Get, let's get the word out. Praise God. We are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. I'll be reading verse 16 to verse 17. Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 and verse 17. The Bible says, But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you or following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also. If anything but death parts you and I. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Some may be wondering, what does this have to do with marriage? (laughs) The background story is that a woman by the name of Naomi had been an immigrant in um, the nation of Moab for a couple of years. And um, she lost her husband and lost her two sons. And she was about to go back to the nation where she was from, the nation of Israel, I think Bethlehem to be specific. And um, she told her daughters-in-law right, that there is nothing left for you here you guys can have your way such your life out you know i need to go back to where i'm from and probably wait for death and one of them was hopper where you know arguably it is believed hopra got her name that her original name was actually opera but she changed it to hopper um her original name was hopper but she changed it to hopra you know so hopper having been told by the mother-in-law that, you know, there is nothing for you in Bethlehem, even if I gave birth, you know, to a son, would you wait for him to grow up, for you to get married to him again, you know. She saw reason in what Naomi said, and decided to take her counsel, so she left. So Naomi was trying to persuade Ruth, haven't you seen your sister? She's gone, following her footsteps. And that was what inspired Ruth to make that statement. He said, wherever you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Where you are buried, I will be buried. Your God is going to be my God. Now, this statement made by Ruth exemplifies or describes the covenant of marriage. We live in an age and we live in a time where people are beginning to lose sight of the covenant understanding of marriage. For the average person in our own generation, marriage has become a contractual agreement of some sort. It is no longer seen as a covenant. But you and I need to understand that the 
creator of marriage is God. And when God created marriage, his intention is for it to be a covenant. A covenant. A covenant. Not just something you do because it is the right thing to do in this season of your life. But something you get involved with, with accurate understanding of what you are going into. I came across some research a couple of years ago. And one of the things that was discovered is that a successful marriage reduces crime, gives increased stability to children, it increases life expectancy, it increases emotional happiness, and it produces more wealth. I'm going to say that again. A successful marriage, it has been discovered that it reduces crime. So when you see most criminals, they are raised in environments where there was a failed marriage. It is almost difficult or impossible, except in situations where there are negative home supports. <laughs> For a child that is well brought up in the way of the Lord... And raised in a successful, you know, I'm not talking about that the parents just stayed together. I'm talking about a successful marriage. It is almost difficult for a child to come out of that system and end up as a criminal. That's why you and I need to realize that the choice of a marital partner is not just something that is going to affect you. It will affect your children and your children's children. Somebody said that I believe it. A father was counseling his son. He said, never forget, it is not our looks that will raise your children. It is our attitude. It is our attitude and character, not our looks that will raise your children. We live in a time where people are losing sight of the basic understanding and reasons why marriage exists. You need to understand that marriage by its very nature is a conscious choice to selflessly put the needs of your spouse ahead of your own preference and comfort. You see, marriage is not for selfish people. For every single and married year, you know, even though the focus is on married people this morning, there is something for everyone. You need to realize that marriage can never be successful, right, until you die to self. Until you die to self. If your focus is still on what you can get out of that institution. You see, the way God created that order is that you are supposed to be focused on your partner and your partner is focused on how to make your life better. So we are both working out or looking for ways to improve each other's life. That's what makes marriage successful. Not when one person goes into it with the mindset of a taker. Am I making sense this morning? I'm trying to lay a strong foundation. One of the things research has also discovered is that people who have love in their lives they tend to live longer, they heal faster, and they recover from sicknesses more easily. People who have genuine love, not Lila love. Help us remember that one. <laughs> not like oh Lila lover. <laughs> not Lila love. As in genuine love. That people who have genuine love in their life, they recover from sicknesses more readily, right? They live longer and they heal faster. 
In fact, the one that blew my mind, you know, and these are, these are, you know, these are facts based on research. They say that families that study God's word, at least, now, everybody listen to this. Whatever you are doing right now, stop it and listen to what I'm about to say. They say that families that study God's word, at least four times in a week, they have the, uh, um, uh, uh, when it comes to the odds of having a divorce, they say it says one in 1,763. As opposed to the current societal statistic of five out of ten marriages ending up in a divorce. And I believe it. Many of us that even our parents, we grew up in environment, those of us that grew up in, you know, Christian homes, religious homes, even when Things were not the way they thought it would be. Homes where there was morning devotion. Homes where there were, if there were, they added evening devotion. Where the children will read the Bible, there was a, you know, divorce was not commonplace in those homes. How many of us know what I'm talking about? Yes or yes? So they say that if a family comes together, especially husband and wife, and they study God's word together, they say that the likelihood of having a divorce is 1 out of 7,063 as opposed to the average marriage that almost half of it will end up in a divorce. Let me tell you this. The fact that you are born again and you read God's word is no guarantee your marriage will last. And you are going to understand that very soon. You see, marriage is all you see. The moment you decide to get married, just like I said moments earlier, you must be ready to die to self. You no longer exist as it were, as an entity. That's what the Bible says, the two, they shall become one. They shall become one. They shall, you see, the foundation of every marriage must be on Christ. It must be on God. It must be on God's word. I don't want to jump ahead of myself this morning, but I'll get there. So you need to realize that it is not enough to get married. It is much more important to have a marriage that is working. It is much more important. Let me tell you this. Any marriage can work. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Any marriage can work. As long as the parties involved are willing to do what it takes to make it work. Let me tell you. If you see a marriage that is not working. Is it that one or both parties? Right? Um, the word that wanted to come out of my mouth was unkind. Right? Maybe one or both parties... Are stubborn, unwilling to change. You see, but when you see two people who come together and they are dead to self, they are willing to give it whatever it takes, it is almost impossible for that marriage not to work. I've seen that over the years. In counseling people, in having professional therapy sessions, I've seen that. Anytime you see a marriage not working, somebody is goat-like. Someone just believes, no, I'm right. No, 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 no. This is, I, I believe. It's not about what you believe. You see, the litmus test of every belief should be the result you are producing. If your results, if what you are producing, the outcome is not right, it's not positive, then your belief must be wrong. It must be. If you have the right belief system, because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he eventually becomes. So, if you believe right, you will produce right. 
If your belief system is capable of producing a successful marriage, you will have it by default. Even if the host of hell comes together and they gang up against your marriage, it will not work. So like a question I asked us last week Sunday, I'm going to ask again. Because it's very critical. What is your marriage belief system? What do you believe about marriage? Every one of us needs to... Because you see people going into marriage for the wrong reasons. With the wrong belief system. For some people it's just another thing to tick off the list. I'm old enough now. I've got a good job. I'm mobile. I have a house of my own. The next thing is to get a babe. You know... For some people, that's what marriage is. For some ladies, it is, ah, time must not be against me, you know, because the evening of a woman comes early. So, before the evening comes, let me quickly do what I will do in the afternoon. <laughs> Praise God. And like first lady would say, it is better to wait long than to marry wrong. How about people say things like, no, 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 I'd rather be unhappy and be married. You don't have an idea of what it means to be miserable in marriage. That's why you are saying that nonsense. It's better to be happy as a single than to be miserable as a married person. Trust me. Because you know the thing about marriage is it amplifies your experiences. That's why if you are broke as a single, it does not really show. But when you are broke as a married person, it is very obvious. Wisdom as a single is made evident in marriage if you are truly wise. Because marriage will test your wisdom. It will test your patience. It will test your tolerance. So as a guy, you think you are patient. Don't worry. Wait until you get married. Or as a woman. That's when you will know that toothpaste can create problems in the home. Why are you pressing it in the middle? No, you can press it anywhere. No, you a normal thinking person should press it. When somebody wakes up, when he or she wakes up, the natural thing after waking up, uh, because for them, sleep is a process. And the process ends with laying of bed. But for another person, ah, the person just wakes up and continues with her life. Ah, okay, come back. You have not spread the bread. Oh, I'll spread it later. That's when you will know that even bed sheets can create crisis in the home. Until you get married, he said, Oh, I'm patient. Oh, no, I'm a tolerant person. Wait until you get married because marriage will amplify everything. Married people, do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. It will amplify it. That's why you see one of the things, gifts you can give to yourself as a single before you get married is the gift of spiritual maturity. The Bible says the gift of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. You need to see. If you don't develop this gift, if you don't mature spiritually, marriage will show it. It will show it. <laughs> That's why you will know that love is more than going to tantalizers. Do you guys go to tantalizers? That's for secondary school people. Praise God. But if tantalizers is what you can afford, keep going there. Start going to Marriott and your, your, your salary can't do it. You are saying you want to be a big boy. You eat your future up front. <laughs> Praise God. If it's Mr. Biggs, does Mr. Biggs still exist? I'm sorry. (laughs) Praise God. So what is the source of your marriage belief system? You need to to find it. What's the source? Having clarified what your marriage belief system is, the next question you need to ask yourself is, what is the source of this belief system? What is the source? 
Is it from God? Mm. Belief systems like all men are the same. All women want is your money. If I stop giving him or her sex, the relationship will end. That belief system, where is it coming from? For the next few minutes, let me just talk to singles. Is that okay? The reason why many singles go for less than they deserve, I'm just going to mention two this morning because I want to focus on married people. Two major reasons. Number one is fear. Write that down. Fear. Fear. Fear of if I let go of this guy now, will another one show up? Fear of I'm 26. My plan was to get married at 25. This guy is not that he's everything I want, but at least he's sure okay. Because what if I let go of him? Ah, what if I'm party in my parents' house? Fear. You know one thing about fear? It is magnetic in nature. It will always attract into your life the material equivalent. The Bible tells us about the wealthiest man in the east. His name is, was Job. The Bible says that this guy had everything. But the devil gained access into his life through fear. Job 3 and verse 25. He said, the things that I greatly feared has come upon me. So anything you are afraid of, you will eventually attract. If you believe that, ah, if I let go of this relationship, what, what if another one does not show up? Another one will not show up. Fear. So most singles go for less than they deserve. Number one, because of fear. Hmm. Number two is poor self-image. Poor self-image. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to speaking to singles as singles, you know, at the singles dinner. How about I'm coming for the singles dinner? If you are coming, wave your hand now. Hmm. See, a lot of people are suffering from low self-esteem without knowing. In fact, for many people, it's chronic low self-esteem. You know, it's not going to be a preaching thing. You know, we just have discussions and we have a good time. Praise God. We'll teach you some things that we'll not talk about in normal service. Some of you don't know how to use fork and knife. We'll teach you. Some of you don't know how to. <laughs> don't worry. Don't let me start letting the cat out of the bag. Praise God. It's more than that. You know. Low self-esteem. Poor self-image is one of the things that drives singles to make the wrong choice. There are some ladies, if a guy that drives a car asks them out, they will never pray about it. Say, eh? He has a car. Oh, my. God has delivered me from Legedis Benz. Have you seen that short film? Can we celebrate expressions? Awesome, awesome. If you've not seen it, go and watch it. You know, Expressions, that's our drama team. You know, they released the short film. Another one is coming up this week. Another one is coming out this week. <laughs> you know, Legedis Ben say, ah, I've been using Legedis Ben. God now, in fact, they will believe, in fact, they will give God revelation. Father, I know you are a good God. You have translated me from Legedis Benz to be mobile. Ah, God, you are good. <laughs> they will not need to pray. I would not need to pray. For some people, once they see the business card, oh, suffering has ended. It's poor self-image. And let me tell you this, all those things you cover up or you ignore as a single, it will show up in marriage. It will show up. So let's go back to the married people. 
So that singles do not say, Pastor didn't talk to us this morning. <laughs> Many marriages don't work out, number one, because of comparison. 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 The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, He says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. He says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, scripture says they are not wise. Mm. Comparison is a fool's game. Because you don't have all the details of those you are comparing yourself with. It is only what you see on the outside. So, as a family, when you are comparing yourself with another family, number one, you don't know their income. Number two, you don't know in their investments. Number three, you don't know their debts. Maybe they are living a borrowed lifestyle. There are too many things you don't know. Another comparison is comparing each other. You, why can't you do this? <laughs> Especially if you are a perfectionist. I have that tendency. Can't you do this? <laughs> Leave it here. That's how I put it. Leave it here. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Your spouse will never be you. And you will never be your spouse. The earlier you realize that, the better. Some men want their wives to be men. And some women want their husbands to be men. You say, can't you think? Can't you? Can't you? Because you are a man. There's a way a man thinks that a woman will never think that way. And there's a way a woman will think that a man. You know, you see, for instance, if you come to visit me, naturally, I have to develop it. I will not think of what we eat. It's me you came to see. My house is not a restaurant. But my wife, you know, you come, you know, naturally. I want to, in fact, she will not even ask you. She has entered the kitchen. It's a woman that thinks naturally like that. A guy, ah, man, you explain to the man you are an asthma. He should sit down. The entertainment is TV. Do you understand what I'm saying? So women are wired differently from men. And you need to understand that. If you keep comparing yourselves, that marriage will not work. The second reason why most marriages don't work is because of unhealthy expectations. Unhealthy expectations. The question is, what are you expecting from marriage? What are you expecting? A lot of people go into marriage with faulty belief system, with unhealthy expectations. Things that can never happen. Things that are not real. A byproduct of things they've read in romance books. A byproduct of pornography. Your wife is not a porn star. Somebody hear what I'm saying? And if somebody is addicted to pornography, whether man or woman, because it's not only men that watch pornography, may you be delivered in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you this. There is no family that consumes pornography that is ever successful. Research-based. And we say we are using it to spice up. You can't, you can't use it to spice up anything. It's one of the trouble of America today. It's one of their major problems. It's one of their major... You see, that woman that you are expecting your wife to be like, she's an actor. Everything she did, she did it maybe like 100 times before you watch it. Cut! Do it again. Does the wife want to be cutting? 
people go with unhealthy expectations because they've exposed themselves to too many wrong things. You know, counsel from people that don't know any better. You are receiving counsel from people, from parents who have failed marriages. Let me tell you this. It's not the Bible says children obey your parents in the Lord. There are things that no matter the role certain people have played in your life, that's why when some people come to me and say, Pastor, I want you to mentor me, I say, in what area? The fact that I'm your pastor does not mean I will mentor. For instance, I have a basic understanding of investment, finances, and everything, but I can't be a financial mentor. That's not my field. It is low self-esteem that makes people to say they can do what they cannot do. That's why sometimes when some people ask me questions, I say, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Because I don't know. Some people don't know, but they want to prove they know. Say, ah, say, you want to get married now? Let me tell you. The way to a man's heart is food. Not a man like me. If they give you that counsel for me, you have missed it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, one of the issues we used to have when you just got married is food. <laughs> I can be working and forget food. In fact, sometimes it can be a distraction. I'll just, I'll just take it out of the study and I say, cover it. Because for me, you know, I enjoy what I do. I've never had a house that didn't have an office. From day one, never. For what? What do I want to be? I'll get home and be sleeping and be watching TV. For what? Ask me, don't be like me. Because <laughs> to be like me, you must marry a wife that understands your lifestyle. And most likely you will not. Unhealthy expectations. I said that 95% of the time, couples are disappointed when they have unhealthy expectations. See, whatever expectations you have, that's why we wrote the book, How to Find the Right Person to Marry as a Single. Get that book. And see, even if you don't read any of the chapters, focus on the three chapters that talks about the questions you need to ask. Many of us have the expectations we are not talking about. Some of us, we are resentful towards your partner simply because there were things you expected your partner would do, but you never spoke about it. Until now, you have not spoken about it. They should talk about it. So if it is an unhealthy expectation, a person will be able to say, ah, me, I can't do this. You already know from day one. For instance, from the time when we were dating, I already knew my wife was not a domestic person. So I had the choice. Do I want someone who is domestic and I ignore the other virtues I see in her? Or will I, do you understand what I'm saying? So I decided, I was, so it's not that we got married and I was like, ah, you did not do this, you did not, I already knew while we were dating that she's not like that. It was communicated. There's something sounding there, it's distracting me, please put it off. Unhealthy expectations. Unhealthy expectations. For instance, if there is a cerebral person, you know, I used to have this problem, you know, Because it comes with my office as, you know, my ministry gift as a teacher. That's my primary calling. Even before I'm a pastor, my first calling is the calling of a teacher. So with that office comes the gift of knowledge, right? The ability to know things, which is fueled through a desire and hunger for knowledge. You see, I might not buy food. I don't, I'm hungry. Me, (laughs) but I must buy books. No, no, no. That one, you can't. So, when we just got married, I used to have issues with my wife. Can't you be reading? So, be pressing phone, pressing phone, pressing phone. Read! Uh-uh. You know, 
God don't dummy one day that see. If my wife were to be reading the way I'm reading, we will not be eating in this house. It's his book we will be reading. We will be eating. So if you have an unhealthy expression, I know you must be reading the way I'm reading. You must, it will not work. And she's an extrovert. If she expects me to be, you know, sociable, like she's, because someone like me, you know, it's only when I'm, for me, I think it's just, it just comes with the office. It's when I'm relating with people pastorally. That's when I get energized by socialization. Outside of that, if you are talking too much, you are disturbing me. It's me. I had to work on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you have unhealthy expectation, this is the way my husband must be, this is the way my wife is gonna, must be, you are going to have issues. And they say, hey man, any problem? Hmm. Number three reason why most marriages don't work is because of lack of prior preparation. Hmm. Lack of prior preparation. Please understand that preparing for wedding and preparing for marriage is not the same thing. Most people prepare for their wedding, but no preparation for marriage. Ah. <laughs> you will, it will catch up with you. If I can tell you that. Because there are things that you should not experience in marriage that if you don't prepare for marriage, you will experience. You will experience. Sometimes I look at people when they plan for their wedding or the budget for this, the budget, but there is no budget for counseling. No budget for professional counseling. No budget for books. No budget for trainings on marriage. No budget for books on marriage. Do people become doctor by impartation? No. But people expect that they will just know how to make marriage work at the altar. And once I say I do, and pastor blesses us. The pastor's, ble- the pastor's blessing is not a confirmation of wisdom. It's not. So I've realized that most people think more of the wedding. In fact, two years in advance. You see, <laughs> because of what my wife does, when some people call my wife, I wonder, ah. And someone is calling, say, we want to make inquiries, you know. When is your wedding? You know, because that's when they say, you know, December, December when? 2023. Ah. <laughs> is this actually alright? I say March 2023. Ah, we are still in 2021. <laughs> so when it is January 2023, call me back. People plan that much as in that far into the future. But when you ask them, how many books have you read? Oh, fantastic. So you are preparing for your wedding. So what is the plan for? You know, in fact, for many people, it's foreign. Preparing for marriage. I'm preparing now because that day is going to be lovely. We have an after party. We will start by 9 p.m. You are still not getting the question. I'm not saying what's the preparation for the wedding. For the marriage. Wedding is a day. Marriage is for life. People spend their life preparing for what will happen in a day. In fact, some people, they've not met the person they want to marry. But they have started preparing for the wedding. My wedding. (laughs) turquoise orange I don't know if there's anything like that but the color they come up with nowadays is turquoise purple with a blend of indigo violet (laughs) who comes up with these colors (laughs) you know they already have an idea of all the vendors you know the cake to be you know I waited 
for seven years after my last relationship. So as a testament to the faithfulness of God, if we have seven steps for each of the year, <laughs> they have plans. You know, my dress, it will be from my, you know. You know the other name. I don't want to market for anybody. Say, <laughs> you know, it will be at the land with a mark, you know. Yeah. They planned everything. The traditional wedding, you know, by Oluremi San, you know. I can market that one. <laughs> they planned everything, but have you read any book? No, 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 no. Some people even say, they say it with confident foolishness. No, I'm not a book type. I'm not a book type. You are a married failure type. I say, no, 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 no. I, I don't believe in all those things. I don't believe it. You know, it's, it's, this thing is by luck. It's by luck, you know. Nobody can really tell you how to make marriage. Those are some of the foolish things I've had in therapy sessions. When people are now confronted with their foolishness, they say, you know, I used to believe, you know, nobody can tell you, you know, because we are different, you know. Confident foolishness. So it's one of the major reasons, that's the third major reason why most marriages don't work. People don't prepare. And let me tell you, it's the quality of your preparation that determines your level of performance. That's why you can see the difference between Asna, Manu, <laughs> Super Chickens, sorry, Eagles, <laughs> our own team, the World Cup. They gather the players from around the world. Few weeks to the match. You want to play against the people that have been practicing for years. You now take Ashwabi. You know, even our culture is reflective in everything we do. You have not succeeded. You are already celebrating. Putting the cats before the horse. Preparation, very critical. It's just like the parable Jesus gave. Talking about the house that is built on a sand and the house that is built on the rock. A house that is a marriage that was not prepared. And let me tell you this, it's not too late. For those of us that are married and you know that you did not prepare for marriage, let me tell you this, get books on marriage. It will help you. It, you see, one of the most, life's greatest meaning is not found in accomplishment, but in the most important relationships in our life. How can you be in marriage, which is what's supposed to be the most important relationship in your life, and you are clueless? Even if it will start with one book and you read it for a year, Start with that. Start with that. Get a professional counselor. I don't like talking to people about my business. That's why we say professional. A professional counselor, you will never discuss your business. Because it's part of the ethics of the trade. Another reason why many marriages fail is because of gross ignorance. Not just ignorance, gross ignorance. <laughs> You see, falling in love is falling in knowledge. I think I mentioned this on Sunday, right? Last week's Sunday. You cannot claim to love somebody you don't know. That's why I don't understand people. You see someone, you see, it can even be in church that you saw him or her. The fact that she's singing on the stage does not mean you know her. The fact that she's collecting offering or she's in greenhouse does not mean you know her. The fact that she, she might even be smiling at you when you were coming into church. 
She's smiling at you as a matter of obligation and responsibility, not because she likes you. Don't be deluded. You see, anytime she sings like this and she's listening to God, she's always looking in my direction. She's smiling to God, not you. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Many people don't know so many things. And you see, you cannot, you cannot, marriage can never be better than the quality of the knowledge you take into it. The knowledge of love language, I spoke about some of those things last week. Knowledge of apology language, knowledge of your personality type, knowledge of your temperament, knowledge of how you make decisions. Hosea 4 and verse 6, Jesus and God said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. He said, because you have rejected all knowledge, I also will reject you and your children. <laughs> See, if you don't have the basic knowledge about what it takes to make marriage work, put a pause on your romantic ambitions. Or else, that ambition will become a nightmare. Haven't you seen people, you know, when I see weddings... And I hear maybe like a year or two later, the marriage has ended. I'm always wondering, what happened? I'm always wondering, like, are you kidding me? You mean, you spent that amount? One of our mentors was having a conversation with us one day, and she looked at us and said, Pastor, the only way I can describe your generation is that your generation is a wasteful generation. A wasteful generation. I've seen people who did not have house They've not rented house. House. But their wedding trended. Isn't that amplified? I don't... As in ultimate foolishness. So as they were dancing, probably they thought that when they dance and dance and they spray them, they will go and use that money. My wedding ceremony is not in an investment. Oh. That when they gather the money, they'll use it to rent a house. Maybe that's what they thought. I'm not telling you what I had. I'm talking about people that I know. Hope nobody like that is planning. You can't even, we can't even be a part of a wedding in this house. If you don't have, the, like I said in church on Wednesday. Huh? One of our new policy now as a church. If you want to get married, huh? we have a committee. They will come to the house you claim to have. Eh? Not virtual house. The house must be real with address. They will come. And there are basic things that must be in the house. Basic things. At least there must be bed. Because you cannot be doing it on the floor. There must be minimum fun. So that you not die of it. So that you not go choke. <laughs> I mean choke, how do you guys say it? Basic things. I say I want to marry by faith, marry by faith. We don't believe in that kind of faith here. Different churches have their belief system. We here, we don't believe in it. We don't believe in it. I'm not saying you should have your whole world, but basic things. Basic, basic. We can't afford the basic thing. You see, romance, how do people think of you see, even if you look at Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of need, at the base is the need for survival. You have not survived, you are thinking of romance. What's wrong? I don't understand though. After food, clothing, shelter, transportation. is now, what's the next thing? You guys didn't do it in social studies. <laughs> huh? 
You didn't do it. Google it. <laughs> so what are the marriage essentials? Number one is nakedness. Not that nakedness. <laughs> but that's part of it for the married people anyway. Genesis 2, 24 to 25. The Bible says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and we are not ashamed. You know, the problem of mankind started when the first man and his wife stopped being naked. Nakedness in this context is talking about complete vulnerability. Openness, transparency, intimacy. It means to be secret free. So it means if we are going to experience marital success, one of the essentials of your marriage is that you must go into it with a naked mindset. The Bible says they were both naked and they were not ashamed. See, singles, let me talk to you again for some few seconds. Never marry somebody you are role-playing with. Do you understand what I just said? Somebody you are forming for. Someone you are, pretend, you are pretending to be who you are not. So that he can marry you. So that he can put the ring on the finger. So that she can say yes to you. You see, you will pay for it. Because you cannot pretend for a lifetime. That role you are playing, one day you will drop the act. We will see through the smoke screen. One of the ones I had recently that blew my mind about the ingenuity of man is a guy that borrowed money to win the girl's heart. I'm serious. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you Netflix show. Real life. Lagos, Nigeria. Like this girl. As I said, ask question, ask question, ask question. You see, in marriage, your mouth is meant for, sorry, in relationship, your mouth is meant for communication, not kissing. So, God. The things you should be asking, you are not asking, you are kissing. You now want to be asking in marriage. It's too late. See, the moment you start feeding the flesh, your mind, the logical part of your mind will shut down. That's why a lot of people see one study. Many people who had premarital sex, only few of them have successful marriages. Most times, especially in the first two, three years, they are confronted with a lot of things that surprises them. Because the surprise that they should have dealt with before marriage, they didn't deal with it. They were kissing. They were smooshing. They were going from restaurant to restaurant. Instead of you to sit down and ask questions. Let me tell you this true romance is experience in marriage, not in dating. Why ask those who are whose marriages are working? True romance is in marriage. Because that time nobody can tell, where are you? You have not gotten home. There are times I go out with my wife and we get back home 2 30 a.m. Nobody can arrest us. And anybody arrest us. The worst that will happen is when we get to our estate gate, where are you coming from? Am I not the one paying your bill? Why will you be asking me that question? Open the door, I enter. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we have a hangout with some of our friends, you know, whose marriages are also working. Because it's something I do. If you are pretending, I shall know. There's no way you... I will know. And people, I don't even, I don't allow people close to me. If you are going through a marital crisis, I correct you. You are not doing it. For instance, if you are my friend as a man and you talk to your wife anyhow, you can never be my friend. Never. 
or you are looking good, your wife is looking like your maid. Never. Her parents handed that over to you so that you can improve her life. You are a husband man. Husband man in agriculture, you are supposed to groom her, train her, raise her to become a better version of who she is. As a woman, is a, see, if a woman is under your watch and she's failing, you are a failure. I feel you. The report card of a man is who you have been able to raise your wife to become. My mom told me many years ago, he said, when you marry your wife, I don't even met my wife then. Many years ago, I was not even thinking of marriage. Yeah, I was even going to say this, I was telling Brother thank God I remember. Last week Sunday, when I was going to hand the message, I said I've never asked out anybody that said no to me. Not completely true. I just remember, you see, because I want to be honest, 100%, you know, I just thought about it, that, oh, that's not true. So, I decided to count from when I didn't even know what relationship is. Because I've gotten a nail before. Let me tell you the first nail. I was with some of my friends that day. You know, still a teenage, maybe I think I was 14 or 15. And we saw a girl walking down the street and we betted. We did a bet. He said, if you ask her out, we give her, ah, I can ask her out. <laughs> so, we're following the girl, following the, of course, what will you get? It's a nail now. I just like that. I didn't even know the nonsense I said. You know, can you use this? The girl just looked at me. Surely help me. You know, I think the second one was maybe 100 level or 200 level there, but everybody was in a relationship. So I, I didn't even know, you know. So, counting those ones, I got a nail. But at least when I had sense and I was mature and I knew my left from my right, no, I've not gotten one. So, going back to our discourse, as a man, the woman under your watch, her parents should see her and they should be excited. Ah, you see, that, will, that is what will make you from a son-in-law into a son. Let me tell you this. If your wife's parents are still calling my son-in-law, you have not done your work. You see, there's a level they look at you and say, ah, this, one is not my, this one is my son. My son. I'm not trying to be proud, but that's what my parents-in-law call me. Oh, mommy, Lily. This one is the son. Can somebody they handed over somebody to you? You see, we talk about that some other time. See, I'm not telling you, I'm not saying that to tell you I'm perfect, but I'm telling you what is it. So, before you go into marriage, that's what should be in your mind as a man. Do I have what it takes to groom a woman? So, for you to do that, you must even understand her, where she's going, what's 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 her goal, what's don't just be looking at her cleavage. I hear what I'm saying. Look at our future. We are adults here. Do you want to hear the truth? Uh-huh, you should hear it. That's why you came to church. The church is the grand and pillar of truth. You won't hear it anywhere else. As I will tell you, know, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, a progressive way of thinking. There's no pro- you see, the Bible cannot progress beyond where it is. Progressive mindset will progress you to hell. So you've got to be naked. It's the first marriage essential. There has to be openness. Some of us as men, you've had other guys tell you, or maybe it's even your parents or uncles or someone, or maybe an embittered auntie who did not enjoy her whole marriage. I've told you, that is, you can't tell a woman everything, you know. You don't, you know, tell her. Of course, the things that has to do with other people, your wife is not your wife's business. For instance, if someone comes to me now as a pastor, they confide in me as a pastor. It is not my wife's business. So when we're talking about, you know, telling your wife everything, that's not what I'm talking about. And I get to now say, ah, 
Hey, let me see that. So back go and continue to say, hey, I'm a stupid girl. No, that, that's, that's gossip. Take other people's, you see. Let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit told me something one day. He said, if you don't have anything to talk about in your home, except other people's issues, it simply means that you have no relationship with your wife. There should be so much to talk about that you don't even remember other people's business. Some people in their house, all the, ta- all the table is other people's business. And you are raising children in that kind of home. You know why some children can never be born again, even though their parents are church people? Because they saw their parents discussing pastor, discussing choir leader, discussing usher. And you now bring that same child to God and I say, you are not praying, you are not praying. That child can never pray. Because we have told him that everything we are doing in church is a sham. It's just a stage play. You've got to be naked before God. If your marriage is going to work, the essential is you have to be naked before God. You have to be naked before each other. Be naked before God. Be naked before each other. You see, be honest with God. Don't, don't be for me. So people are in prayer. They are correcting prayer points. Saying God, oh, oh, sorry. I wanted to say went. I said want. No, 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 no. Sorry. You are not praying. I've seen people who lost jobs. Men that lost their jobs. And their wife did not know. How does that happen? They were still dressing up, going out every day. About men say, because, you know, my wife cannot handle it. Why did you marry a weak woman? You should be honest. You should be open. It was all that now told the person, your husband, you know, uh, sorry, oh, you know, I, I, I know uh, God will give him another dinner. I weak job. So he didn't tell you. Tell me what. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was trying to say, she already got the message. So in marriage, there has to be physical nakedness for sexual intimacy and acceptance. For married people, can be naked in a kid, naked. That was what happened to Samson. He was naked with the wrong person as a single. So they removed his eyes and he lost his destiny. Number two is spiritual nakedness. If you are dealing with issues, let your spouse know. Agree together in prayer. There are things, the Bible says one which is a thousand, two which is ten thousand. There are battles that you should fight with your spouse. You are the one going through it, but you deal with it together. I say, no, 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 no. I'm the man. I should be able to uh, continue. Number three, emotional nakedness. They say strong men don't cry. Jesus must have been very weak because the Bible says, and Jesus wept. As a man, if you need to cry, as a woman, if you need to cry, cry with your, don't be for me. I don't. Share your feelings. If you are hungry, let your spouse know I'm hungry. If you are hot, let the person know. Number four is intellectual nakedness. Don't pretend to know what you don't know. Number five is verbal nakedness. The ability to have honest conversations. Honest conversations. Honest conversations. And just like I said earlier, verbal nakedness is not gossip. Ensure your life is interesting enough so that you don't have to gossip to have interesting conversations with your spouse. Don't share with your spouse the secret of others that they shared with you in good faith. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? He said, there's nothing I don't tell my wife. There are things I don't tell my wife. Things that does not matter to us. 
that does not affect our marriage and that will not affect her. You take your, your brother, your sister, your uncle, all of them. You, are, you have all their secrets. You have told your husband. You have told your wife. The day they now meet, she now doesn't respect them or he doesn't respect them. You are now wondering, respect them, respect them. How will he respect them? You have messed them up before him or before her by telling him things that it's not supposed to be his business. Number two is oneness. The second essential. Somebody getting something out of this this morning? The second essential is oneness. Genesis 2.24 Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. Did you see that? They shall become one flesh. Becoming one in marriage is a process. And in some homes, that oneness even never starts. The process never starts. The fact that they join you at the altar, that is spiritual oneness. Becoming one itself is a process that must be lived out on a daily basis. The fact that you are spiritually one does not mean you are one in other areas. It's one of the responsibilities of marriage. It's one of the assignments of marriage. The process of becoming one. Areas in which you need to become um, you need to become one is spiritual oneness. You must have spiritual oneness to have a successful marriage. Spiritual oneness. Spiritual oneness. Hmm. You see, when you get married, God does not see you as different entities. He now sees you as one. That's why it says that the two shall become one. It shall become one. That's why you see there is a critical, you know, thank God for state's marriage and everything, but there is a place of church marriage, a place of church blessing. Even if you are not having an event, be, see, appear as one before God. All this new age, this thing that people are doing nowadays, some people even have weddings as believers, and there is no clergy involved in the wedding. Number two is financial oneness. Financial oneness. This ideology of is money is our money, our money, and my money is my money. You see, you can either do things the way of the world or you can do it God's way. Because when the Bible says the two shall become one, one in what? In, in what? Are they joined together? Do they super glue them together? Is he in wearing and co? Huh? If that was what it was all about, I would never become one with my wife because me, I don't like uncle. <laughs> In fact, when <laughs> I'm a very mischievous person, I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't like it. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't like my wife. I'm not proud of her. Sometimes when first lady sees something I want to wear, she'll now go and get. So I'll deliberately when she has now dressed, I'll now go and change it. Now you have just changed your clothes. She'll go back and change it to what. <laughs> And I said, no, let's go, let's go. He said, you, I will wear the same thing with you. Don't worry, I will teach you. <laughs> Praise God. Financial oneness. You guys need to be one financially. Plan your finances together. Budget. I've seen people who say things like, I don't know how much she earns, you know, why, what's my business? Nobody says you're going to be collecting money from her. But I have an idea. Some people are dating. You don't know what the guy is earning. You are just believing in, in an illusion. What if he's living on borrowed money? People have done it before. Just like I was saying earlier, the guy borrowed money 
All the money we need to date to take her to the restaurant, the finest, you know, places, money for the wedding, borrowed everything from bank. Can I be lying to you? I'm serious. Money for wedding, event, everything. It was, I think, was it after honeymoon or during honeymoon? Banks now started calling. The babe now woke up. Now realized the guy was not what she thought she was. Because he has money. Why do I need to know how much he earns? Ah. <laughs> you better know. So you will know when he's living beyond his lifestyle. Someone is earning 100,000. He's taking you to Marriott every weekend for dinner. Or taking you to Radisson Blue. Before you start seeing the blues. You, <laughs> because yeah, my gel, you will suffer for it. So no, he likes me. He just wants to spoil me silly. Can he afford it? Is this one I tell? He bought you iPhone 13. Where did he see the money? You know, people don't question this thing. You say, no, he loves me. I don't know. You know, he, he told me one of his savings, you know. He just... Oh. So he broke his savings to buy you iPhone 13. He cannot even use um, Infinix. Is this one Romy? And he bought iPhone 13 for you. Number three is oneness in values. Oneness in values. You must have the same value. You must have the same value system. As married people, even if you don't have the same value system, you must come together and create your own value system. What is our values? What are our spiritual values? So someone, you know, you are going through something spiritually and so maybe there's, we, need to, we know we need to deal with this thing spiritually. How are we going to confront it spiritually? Are we going to fast? Are we going to go and see one baba? Are we going to make declarations of faith? Are we, you see, you must have, somebody cannot be saying, ah, let us declare God's word. And that person is saying, ah, no, let's go and see baba. And that person, you know, you will be confused. You must have the same financial values. If someone believes in saving, naturally one person will be the spender, the other person will be the saver. But you must both come together and understand when we need to save and when we need to spend. You must have the same parenting values. If someone believes in beating, the other person cannot be believing in communication. You must both agree. You know some people, it's conversation. You know, junior, you shouldn't have done that. Sit down, let's talk together. Some people believe, junior, before even Junior makes a mistake, like I had one comedian, he said, When the dad gets it, he will beat him seven times. He said, Why? He said, For what you're about to do, he will beat you. <laughs> because I know you will mess up tomorrow, so I'm beating you in advance. Or else, children will see that daddy and mommy are not in agreement. So when daddy beats Junior, mommy will say, No, don't beat my child, don't beat my child. The child can already see a crack in that union. The parenting value has to be the same. Operating value has to be the same. Educational value has to be the same. If one person, you see, believes in child raising children with books, another person cannot believe in raising children with cartoon. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me give you a tip. Many of us raising our children on cartoon, you might pay for it in future. Go and read it. This is research. Number one, your child might have eye problem. A baby was not created. Children, human beings was not created to be looking at screens from a childhood stage. Even people that were not raised with cartoons in some of our generation, they had issues with glass. 
See, I'm telling you research. The Bible did not say it, but common sense says it. He said, it's hard kind immediately. Take cartoon. Take cartoon. You don't even know the content of the cartoon. There are demonic cartoons nowadays. There are homosexual cartoons. The fact that you see colored images moving everywhere does not mean it is right content for your children. For instance, you can't come to my house now early in the morning and you are putting on TV. Is something wrong with you? You just wake up and you say, no, I don't care if you walked overnight. I, say, I just want to relax. You cannot be relaxing in the morning. In the name of entrepreneurship. People have gone to work. Now sit down and say, no, I, I, I want to. It's, it's K-O-B. K-O-B. You know, we must watch it. The return of the king. I, you guys don't get the gist. You didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, everybody here is serious. You are becoming more like me. It's good. <laughs> Number three is friendship. As I begin to round up this morning. We'll talk about the remaining four on wet day. Friendship. These are essential. What are essentials? Essentials are things you can't afford to ignore. You can't afford to ignore these things. Many people try to marry. They now want to make the person they marry their friend. It doesn't work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For singles. It's not that it cannot work, but the job will be harder. For those of us that are still single now, it is of more benefit to you that you marry your friend. See? I've come to discover something and it's backed up by research. Some of this is because of time. That's why I can't be telling you, you know, where it's from, coaching and all those things. They discovered that if you have to choose that in marriage, most marriages last when there is friendship and chemistry. They say, but if you have to ignore one and choose the other, choose friendship instead of chemistry because attraction is lost over time. But friendship, you will always want to be with your friend. Many people ignore that part of marriage. And let me tell you this, as a married person, if you did not marry that person as your friend, you must work at becoming friends. By fire, by force. That's the foundation of a sustainable relationship, of sustainable marriages. You must be friends. You must be friends. You must be friends. And you see, one of the things you notice about friends is that friends love to be with friends. They love to be t- with t- together. So you can't be a friend to your spouse if you guys don't spend time together. I don't care how busy you are. You must create time to be together. You must create time to be together. Elements of friendship number one is time. Quality time and quali- quality time. Quality time and quantity time. There must be times that you shut everything down and just spend time with each other. Talk about things that make sense and things that does not make sense. When you are with your friend, do you only discuss intellectually stimulating things? No, you talk about everything. Things that make sense. Ah, <laughs> see, that shoe, it just flew off. When Drogba was, I don't know if Drogba still plays football. I'm not a football person. <laughs> you know, nobody said, ah. <laughs> Is he still playing? I think he has retired. But Messi is still playing. Now. They just sold him and bought him. How can you be selling human beings? <laughs> I don't understand you guys. <laughs> you know, talk about it. You see, and the person that you see, one of the ways to build friendship is be genuinely interested in the other person. You might not be a football person, but at least be interested. If your husband likes football and you don't like football, sit down and watch it with him. You can't say, no, 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 I don't like ball. What's all this nonsense? 11 adults running after inflated balloon. What's that? I don't like this nonsense. Sit down. Ask him questions that will make him know you are interested. Or else, he will be going out to go and watch the football. 
That's why a lot of men, they will have DSTV at home with subscription. They will prefer to go and watch it with their friends because their wife is not interested in what they are watching. Sit down. I just playing today. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. So has come by. Is it going to score? Ah! Do all the drama. It will be next day. He will come home and buy Jesse for you. Before you know it, you are now on the same thing. Especially for the men. Men gravitate towards their friends. That's why you see guys hang out a lot. So as a wife, if you are just mother, just life, you will lose him in a matter of time, in a matter of years. Be his friend. If he likes movies, be interested. He might not be watching the movies all the time, but at least be interested in some. If he likes books, like the book. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She had to like the book. She even buys books for me now. It's good. <laughs> Before you used to be a fan. Ah, you are boss book again. <laughs> so be genuinely interested. Create time for each other. Create time for each other. You see, I know people when I'm driving, the people that just got married, people that are dating, and people that have been married for a long time. I know them on Todd Milan Bridge. The people that have been married for a long time, they are just straight, just looking. Just looking. But people that are dating, you see them, they are gisting. They, they can almost enter another, another lane. They are the ones who will be running for all Can't you see? They are gisting. Married people, they are just looking straight. As if they are going for visa interview. American embassy. <laughs> ah, documents. First one. <laughs> if they ask me this day, <laughs> praise God. So build friendship. Build friendship. And how it's going to work is by creating time. Create time for conversations. Create time for fun. Create time for recreation without kids. It's not everywhere you take your kids to if you want to be friends with your spouse. Take them to grandma. Or get your other friends who also have kids. You stay with the kids this weekend. So when they also want to go out, you will stay with their own kids. Let me tell you, children are parts of your family. They are not a part of your marriage. Marriage is between a man and his wife. Your children don't have a covenant with you. That's why they have a right to leave you. The same way you left your parents, they will leave you one day. That's why a lot of parents are bitter. Because they built their life around children instead of building it around their spouse. The second element of friendship is trust. Trust. And trust comes from predictability and consistency. Be predictable. Don't let your spouse be talking to the Holy Spirit to know you. There are some men, they leave the house, their wife does not know where they are. They, are. they do something bad. You see, if my wife is not at home at a particular time, or if I'm not around, we will call it because naturally you should have been home by this time. But there are some people that, oh. that's how it goes out. It's not a good thing. You're already destroying the trust in that relationship. Let your spouse be able to trust you. Number three is adaptability. Adapt yourself to your partner. People adapt themselves to their friends. You have some friends that people know that this guy, you know, is a stupid guy. But he's still a part of our friends. That's how he behaves. But you guys are still friends. Because your attention is more on what you have in common than what you don't have in common. For instance, I have friends that are not saved. I have friends that have not been in church for three years. Now, they are not friends I see and have conversations with every day. Do you understand? I'm still praying for the salvation of their soul. For some of them, I know it's a process. One of them told me, you know, last year, I stopped drinking. I said, wow! Glory to God! Because this was a major thing we're talking about. 
I said, so you are close to the kingdom. Don't worry. You know, so you are still, you don't say, no, I'm drinking. I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. You are on your way to hell. That's, you see, some of us, the way we cannot treat our friends, we treat our wives that way. We treat our husbands that way. They say, cut your spouse some slack. Next is communication. Friendship cannot grow in the absence of communication. Man fell because the woman enjoyed having a conversation with a stranger. The question is, where was Adam? Because I don't want to believe that the conversation between the serpent and Eve happened only once. I don't want to believe so. You can't be that convincing. That's what you have believed over the years. Somebody now convinces you and confuses you in one conversation. Where was Adam? He found the conversation so interesting. Probably because Adam was not a good conversationalist. That's why you see the Bible says that even God will come in the cool of the day. He will spend time even with the people, with the man and his wife to have conversations. And number four is financial intelligence. I had something a while back from the great man of God, Pastor Matthew Ashimolo, man of God I respect so much. He said he bought his first house or maybe his built at the age of 25. I looked at my age. 25. Wow. In his generation, he had that much wisdom. See, let me tell you this. Let nobody kid you with all this religion nonsense that money does not matter in marriage. Money is important. It's not just important. Another marriage essential is financial intelligence. The Bible says money is a defense. There are things money in marriage will defend you from. It will defend you from insult, defend you from shame, defend you from borrowing Gary and Maggie. Somebody said insult. I hope you have not been borrowing insult. <laughs> See, let me tell you this. Nobody, like I said earlier, is telling you to have the whole world, but have the basics. Have, See, let me tell you, one of the ways the devil attacks marriages is to attack their finances. And this morning I want us to pray. I want us to pray for our finances. I want us to pray for our finances. Research has discovered that many marriages, there are usually crises in marriages when one person's job is affected, especially the men. I want us to pray firstly for the men in the house this morning. That Father, strengthen every man in the gateway church financially. Wisdom for financial intelligence. If you are married, pray for your husband. If you are single, you may even be praying for your husband that is yet to come. Let's pray this morning. I'm not asking us to take a 30 seconds nap. This is a time to pray. It might be a short one, but it's effective. God wants to hear us this morning.